Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. I'd like to welcome you to our video series on organic mentoring. And I'd like to introduce our special guest, Dr. Sue Edwards. Sue is the Associate Professor of, and I'm checking to make sure I say this right, Professor of Educational Ministries and Leadership at Dallas Seminary. Sue and I have known each other for many years. And she has a book on organic mentoring. So as we thought about producing a series for, on mentoring, you were the obvious choice, oh, Sue. So thank, thank you, you so much for being willing yeah, to do my this. Pleasure. When I think about mentoring, I think about the fact that I went into a church a number of years ago that it had an extensive and vibrant mentoring ministry for many years. And yet when I got there, the numbers were down. It was hard to get women. There just did not seem to be the interest that had occurred in the past. And I began to talk to other women who saw similar things. Uh, what, what's going on? Why is that happening? Well, there's a number of reasons. And I experienced exactly the same kind of thing. And yet we know how important this is. Over 500 times in the Bible, it says, pass on your faith. So this is of critical importance. A number of factors we've started looking at. Uh, George Barna in 2013 came out with a study, um, five reasons why millennials are leaving the church. And let me make sure I have that. Yeah, no, no, five reasons why millennials stay connected to the church. Mm -hmm. But what he found was that seven in 10 of our young people who grow up in our youth ministries in the first 10 years of their adult life after they leave home, we're losing them. And they're, we're not, they're not coming back. We're losing them permanently unless, unless they have a relationship with a mentor or someone who stays connected personally and then they're staying. So this, wow. was, this was really good news. And about that time as well, uh, Barbara Newman, who was one of my doctoral students, did her dissertation on, she, she interviewed confidentially a number of young millennial women who, uh, and, and she asked them, what is it that you really yearn for in a mentoring relationship? And the research was so groundbreaking, was so uh, really revolutionary that I, I twisted her arm and said, we have got to write on this. And, and the book Organic Mentoring um, came, came out of that. Uh, in addition, what we're seeing today is not just a generational shift like you and I experienced with our mothers and grandmothers, but an era disconnect. We're actually moving from a time, uh, like back in the 1500s, when we went from a, an oral culture to a, to a print culture, the Gutenberg Press and all of that, the tremendous difference that's made the last 500 years. Now we're moving from a print culture to a digital culture. And that is impacting so many things. And it's also impacting 
mentoring. So we have this disconnect that's going on between uh, generations that's greater than 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 we've seen in in 500 years, actually. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's astounding to yes, think about. Yes, and so that's the kind of thing that we're having to adjust to. So we heard a lot of different voices as we were researching uh, the book, and I want to give you a, an example of each that I think is is a great example of of uh, the younger voices and the older voices. So here's an excerpt. We interviewed a lot of young women for. Um, this book, and I, I, this, this quote just really touched me. This young woman says, I keep trying to be involved in traditional Bible studies and mentoring relationships. I really do try, but my attempts keep coming up dry. Either I get creeped out by the idea of being forced to share with a mentor I don't know, or I find the material for Bible study wearisomely, repetitively about proper women's roles. Or I join a Bible study to find it stiff and isolating. Sometimes I actually join and stick it out, but most often I just shy away from joining something that has all the trappings of being a disaster. Or I end up dropping out because my incredibly busy schedule simply cannot absorb an event that is not truly feeding me. In the end, though, I don't feel good about not being involved or about dropping out. I keep wanting to tell someone, though I'm not sure who, that I'm not trying to be difficult. Would anyone believe that? I'm not sure they would. I feel difficult, and oh, it's wow. lonely. Doesn't that break your heart? Oh, it does. To hear that? It does. Yeah, yeah. So that was the kind of what we're hearing about uh, young women. Now, I'm going to do a little role play here to kind of sum up what we heard from older women so that you can see the contrast in just the, the mindset, the way of uh, uh, thinking that's pretty typical. So I'm going to play the part of a veteran shower hostess and I'm going to tell you about an experience I had hosting a baby shower with some young women. Well, there we were together, and the first thing I did was suggest, I said, well, we've got to have a planning meeting. Well, they said, we don't need a planning meeting. We'll just text one another. Well, you have to have a planning meeting because you have to match up the invitations and, and the napkins and the tablecloth, and everything has to, has to match, but I couldn't get them to do it. They said, we'll just text. So I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll bring the cake. And they said, we don't eat cake. Nobody eats cake. And so they nixed that too. You, every well-done baby shower has to have a cake with either blue baby booties or pink baby booties. But they weren't the slightest bit interested. So I spent the next few weeks, well, they spent it texting each other, and I spent it worrying about the details. Well, the day comes for the shower at my house, and they arrive about an hour early, and it is absolutely organized chaos. One of them forgot an ingredient. So she goes off to the store to get it, and I'm pretty sure she's not coming back in time. The other one forgets the bowl that she needs, the right, I have to stop what I'm doing and go get all this. But I have to admit that by the time the guests arrived, everything looked lovely and it was all in order. We had a, a nice time. But I don't know if I can do that again. It was just too nerve-wracking. <laughs> so you hear the differences in just the way 
that those younger generations are looking at life and, and the older generation as well. So, the, you know, there are some of those, those kinds of differences that we need to take into consideration. Right, and that makes it challenging yes. for someone of either generation yes. to try to figure out yeah. how, to, how to connect well. Yeah, yeah. To, to really understand one another. Right. And, and when we look at an attempt to label or say this generation's this way, this generation's that way, I just want to say that it, that it, many people don't fit this. We have to be careful when we when we do this. We don't want to pigeonhole people. But at the same time, this kind of research is helpful in a broad way, just to right. give us some some insight. So so understanding some things about some characteristics, some qualities of these younger women. Many of them tend uh, to be relational to the core. Community is high value. They very much want to be loved and understood and cared for. And yet, they don't trust easily. So what happens then, you have this, this they want this, but then they don't trust. And we'll talk about why later. And so you have this tension going on. And, and that's why this artificial matching, they use the word scary. And they don't trust just everybody. It's a, different, it's a different world. And what they want is not knowledge and, uh, knowledge and information for our generation was what we were looking for. But that's not what they're looking for. They don't want the 10 next steps to the best discipleship model. They want is somebody who will walk with them through their life processes. What they're, they're trying to figure out the Christian life. They're trying to figure out, they just need somebody to walk with them who's been there, who knows the Bible, and who can help them process what's going on in their life right now. Mm -hmm. um, so so that's, that's really, they're very busy. What we do is got to feed them. A lot of them are, uh, they've, had, they've been morally lax in the culture, and so they come very damaged and very wounded. So... They, they're a different group, and we got to figure out, because we're told in the scripture 500 times we need to reach them, or, and because we know that the, the Western church is declining. And so it's so critical that these young women who want a relationship with the Lord, how can we really help them find that walk with them and help them grow strong? Well, I'm so glad we have two more videos so that we can get to some of the solutions because this video really has just set up the challenges. Right. You've exactly. Just, you've just shown us why we need the next video, mm -hmm. which is going to help us see the solutions. Exactly. So I hope you will join us for part two of our organic mentoring series where we talk about some of the solutions mm -hmm. to how to how to do mentoring well to in a whole new era. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, 
used by courtesy of Christine Miller.